T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, the like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's see what other Suckageers have chosen to show up. Show up. I can't even speak English. It's been a long two weeks. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys not suck. Hey, when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, the suck. Random Bears fan. Terry Boars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George Wentz. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I suck. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man. Turn it off. It's sucking my will to live. Steve Dahl. Disco sucks. Disco sucks. Candace Parker. 
Um, I mean, it sucks. Roquan Smith. Yeah, man. Sucks. John Sears. I'll already uh, go ahead and out myself. I sucked at the beginning of that open. Staying on brand. That's how it goes. Only for you, man. <laughs> Welcome to Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Sean's getting that out of the way early, setting the tone. We like the tone setters. Well, you came ready to stay on brand better than the Bulls do. I'll say that, Sean. Yeah, they were, uh, they've were. they been playing not so hot now, huh? After everyone thought they might turn it around, two bad clunkers, such man. A cr- such a load of crap. They are just <laughs> such, a, such a bunch of professional frauds. They are marshmallows. They're mar- mentally, they're marshmallows. They are weak-willed. We will talk to Mark Shanowski about that. Mark Shanowski, Channel 7. He and Stacey King, they co-host. They are the stars of, they bring you the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. We will talk to Mark at 1125. The Bulls play in Orlando tonight right here on the this very radio station, 545, Chuck's pregame, and it'll be the Bulls and Magic. And the Magic last night lost a tough game in Houston, in, in, in Miami. And boy, shouldn't that help the Bulls. But the Bulls always lose to lousy teams, and then they say, we just don't take them seriously. And every team looks at the Bulls and says, why should we take them seriously? We don't have to get ready. They suck. And now the Bulls are trying to make they're trying to make a case for the idea that we have all the parts we need. We just need to be better. Yeah. You don't have the parts you need. You have no chance of being better than you are. You're four games under five hundred. You have been a sub five hundred team since Lonzo Ball went down. Lonzo Ball is suddenly LeBron James. He is Lonzo James or LeBron Ball, whatever you want to say. He's the most valuable player on that team. Zach Levine got $250 million for playing one end of the court, which is an embarrassment to the new Bulls president and the new Bulls general manager. They went all in on the wrong guy. They are stuck with him. And their best player, now that Lonzo Ball is out and has been out and the Bulls have sucked Ever since he went out, your best player is fit for 1970s basketball. And then there's the center, who's not going to bother guarding anybody, and he'll get you double-double most nights. Your three best players don't play defense. Your three best players don't set an example. Your three best players can't come ready to play, can't get, and all they do is talk. Hey, look, another team meeting. Hey, it's Thursday. Let's have another team meeting. Hey, we lost to a crappy team. It's another team meeting. It's They're an embarrassment. They don't know it. And by the way, Arturis Karnishevis, does he ever show up? Does he still exist? This is the Ryan Pace school of running away from responsibility. Doesn't he have to address some of this? Why do your best players, why don't your best players play defense? Why do your best players suck? at leading. You keep talking about leadership and nobody does anything about it. You just got blown out by the Charlotte Hornets. Like the second worst record in the East and registered only five home victories and the Bulls blew a 10-point lead to that team. A lousy team after they lost to a bad Pacers team. 
the Bulls have the Bulls have put their money and trust and Karnishevis and Eversley have locked themselves into a big three that only plays one way and cannot lead. And the guy giving the most money might be your worst leader. Zach Levine just doesn't do anything for you. He doesn't do anything that smacks of winning, of leading, of being a guy everyone should follow. If you're not going to guard anybody, if you're not going to play both ends, why would anybody respect you? And you don't come out, you're not leading your team out strong from the start. You're just, DeMar DeRozan, this is a quote that came out of that embarrassment in Charlotte. We've got to come out and be more desperate. We're not desperate enough. Teams are coming out and playing the way we should. It's not until we become more desperate that things are going to change. If not, it's all going to stay the same. Well, it has been the same. The most indicting comment of the weak-willed marshmallows wearing the uniforms of six-time champions, there's DeMar DeRozan. He probably has the most trade value. He's playing well enough to get traded. I don't know whether Karnishevis will blow up this or not, the way he blew up what Garpax did, but he has shown he cannot build a team in his first try. He sold out everything for Vucevic. Vucevic forgot how to shoot threes. He gave $250 million to a guy who only plays at one end of the court. Lonzo Ball was the best player on that team. He got hurt. And there's how do you build a team that is so lame without Lonzo Ball? You have a big three. And none of them are worth anything as far as you're not in the playoffs now. You're not in the play-ins. You lose to sub-500 teams. You lost to the team with the fewest road, road victories. You lost to the team with the fewest home victories. And what do you got? You got a lot of bad money. That's what you got. Maybe Billy Donovan can coach. Maybe he can't. I don't think he's anything great. The only good news for the Bulls at this point, I think, is there's trouble in Golden State, trouble in the Bay Area. Bob Myers might be leaving. He's a GM. He put everything together. A year after, in in a year, Steve Kerr might be leaving. Would you want Steve Kerr to coach coach your team? I would take him as a coach. How about Steve Kerr coming back to the Bulls? He was smart. He was smart enough not to go to the Knicks when Phil Jackson was dangling that suicide draft. He went to the Golden and said, "Hey, yeah, these guys play. These guys share the ball. These guys do this." These guys know, and they hit threes. Now, problem is Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve Kerr probably would have as much trouble as Billy Donovan coaching a lot of what goes on here, because Demar Derozan is the guy who is probably your most reliable scorer, and he can't shoot threes, and he won't shoot threes. Booch was bad last year. He's coming up to close to his career average this year. And then there's Zach Levine. Kobe White, I don't know what you do about that. So the roster is badly constructed. This is whatever AK's done, A-K-M-E, it's Gar Packs in a different version. This team is not competing. This team can't win, cannot contend, and and 
and the newest team president, the guy replacing Garpax, just sold out everything. I mean, I don't know what you got. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. The Bulls are way ahead of us. We're trying to catch them. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number at the score, 312-644-6767. It gets you to our listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, by the way, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the score's tech zone. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. 312, NBA sucks. Check in with you later. Hey, thanks for stopping by. 630-TEXTER. Steve Kerr can't fit, can't fix these morons who don't play D and can't shoot. A15, what if they were to sign Dwight Howard? We could use another big. Thanks, Sean. Really? Dwight Howard? Another big to do what? Okay. <clears throat> 630, the Bulls suck. Take that for Saturday Suckage. Yeah, well, that's what Saturday Suckage is all about. We're here for it. We are here. We will bring you Mark Shanowski of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. We will talk to him about this hopeless, hapless team. At noon, Ozzie Gian, he's got some strong thoughts. If you want to hear strong thoughts about Mike Clevenger, and how despicable, they're either despicable or incompetent. However you look at it, the White Sox just soiled their own bed with a Mike Clevenger signing, and their inability to tell Eloy Jimenez, for wait, they brought in a new manager who is all about communication. Why doesn't he communicate to Eloy Jimenez that Eloy is safest without a glove? Have a seat. Figure out some way to do it. You, you know, what was the line that Kevin Costner said to Nuclelouche? Right? Try not to think. You're not good at it, and it hurts the team. Try not to play defense, Eloy. You're not good at it, and it hurts the team. And it hurts him. And Pedro Grafol was supposed to be Mr. Communication, right? We're going to go. We're going to back for We know exactly what we're doing, right? How come Eloy thinks he can play the outfield? And how come he can be so recalcitrant and so loud about, no, I'm going to play. That's what I do. No, it's not what you do. You don't do it well. You get yourself hurt. Of course, he get hurt getting out of bed. That's the way things have gone with him. I do think the Clevenger thing is so troubling that the White Sox don't care whether you like them or not. In fact, they probably prefer that you hate them. They look so lame. You hear a lot about due diligence. Well, Major League Baseball didn't tell them. No, Major League Baseball didn't, couldn't. There are parts of the CBA and the domestic domestic abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse. Now, all of those parts of the agreement have certain protections for the player, for the team, for the league. What amazes me is the White Sox, with all of those big-brained people there, they're not dumb people, but they look dumb now, and they've done it again. They refuse to do their due diligence. Are you telling me that if you had, if you had a divorce lawyer and 
he wanted to know about your personal life, he wouldn't hire a detective. You couldn't figure out what was going on with this guy by trailing him. You're going to give Mike Clevenger $12 million. Don't you want to meet with people in his life? Don't you want to know about him? By the way, you've been in, in the league, in the division with Cleveland enough. Cleveland's got, let's see, there's no Trevor Bauer. Hmm, what's his problem? Well, he's depraved. Clevenger was with Cleveland. First thing you knew about him was that he decided COVID rules don't apply to him. Okay, so he thinks he can make up his own rules and his own laws. San Diego's got all the money in the world. They didn't want Mike Clevenger. San Diego may or may not have all the money in the world, but they act like it, they spend like it, and they outbid you for Manny Machado, which is another part of the White Sox of Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, Chairman Reinsdorf, not doing their due diligence and not understanding, not being able to read the room. How do you not know about Mike Clevenger? And here's one way you can blame the White Sox. People are saying, wow, Major League Baseball didn't tell them they were investigating. It doesn't matter whether Major League Baseball is investigating him or not. What matters is what you find out in your investigation of him. What matters is your background check of Mike Clevenger. How do you give a guy $12 million, all that money? You don't want to meet with his family? You don't want to meet with people around him, important people? You don't want to find out what's going on? You don't have, you don't have, your grapevine doesn't include anything that might be going on, an investigation of somebody that you're going to pay that kind of money to? When the White Sox brought in Omar Vizquel, managed the team in Birmingham, he had already been, had allegations of domestic abuse filed by his wife in 2011, where they were married. And then again in 2014. In 2016, she filed for divorce. She had told police that the letter, that the charges that she had to rescind were done under duress. Omar Vizquel had been subject of a story in Detroit when he was there telling a busboy, a, a, a bat boy had to wash his back. He was eventually fired by the White Sox, who launched an investigation when he told a bat boy as he walked out of the shower in various degrees of nakedness and sexual excitement, you wash my back. You wash my back. The boy was autistic. And then White Sox, they launched their investigation. They fired him a month later. But there were signs before that of this had they chosen to do their due diligence instead of just collecting names. I think the White Sox are to be blamed. They got pantsed. They look awful. They had a week where you can see why fans hate them and why you could think about they don't care whether you hate them or not. I bet you they were saying Fan Fest now, though, huh? Yeah, fan fest. Let's cancel that because of COVID. Look, if the Ricketts can show up for something, you can show up for something. It's really all right. Okay, that's it. We'll hear more. Ozzie Gian will have something to say about that at the top of the hour. For now, we'll take a break. On Saturday suckage, we will come back and we'll talk about, well, another team that sucks. We will talk about the Bulls playoff, the trade deadlines coming up. Mark Shanowski will have thoughts. He's... 
He's a co-host with Stacey King on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. And we'll see how apoplectic and confused he is about what this team is. And maybe he's come to the same conclusion I am that you're just dealing with mental marshmallows. And that's it. And you can't have that and win in this league. Saturday Suckage, thanks for listening. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. This isn't about a lack of leadership. This is a void of leadership. There is none. Yeah, because I mean, this, they, yeah, you got you, like like if you have those two leaders in the locker room, they ain't gonna let you lose a game like this. That is part of the post game show. After yet another dreadful loss by the Bulls, they lost to the Hornets. That was first you heard Will Purdue. Lack of leadership, a void of leadership, embarrassing leadership. Jason Goff, that was NBC Sports Chicago, the Bulls postgame. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. And we are joined on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, by Mark Schanowski, co-host of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. He and Stacey King do this. And Mark, thanks for joining me. I have no idea what you guys are saying, what you could say. <laughs> and and I, I, every other week you just replay whatever the podcast was because I find myself every other week saying, oh, here we are again. They lose to a bad team. They talk about leadership. All they do is talk. And by the way, if they're looking for revenue streams, maybe they can sponsor team meetings. They have more of those than they have victories over bad teams. Well, I think discussing the Bulls fits right in with your Saturday suckage theme. <laughs> yes, I mean, it uh, does. I'll tell you what, it's it's been mind-numbing to watch these games, especially the one against Indiana when they had the 21-point lead and, and just basically fell asleep in the second half. I would love to be able to tell you I know exactly what's wrong with the team, but Billy Donovan doesn't know, the front office doesn't know, and and the players, for whatever reason, there seems to be some sort of disconnect, you know, that, uh, that they can't sustain themselves through these periods where shots aren't falling. Guys are looking at each other, not rotating properly then on the defensive end. And Billy Donovan, on numerous occasions in his postgame press conferences, has said, we have no margin for error. And when you think about the fact they have three guys on the team who are former All-Stars uh, and, and several other quality veteran players, this should not be happening to continually blow leads against teams below you in the standings. It just doesn't make any sense. It, uh, it's mind-numbing, as I mentioned. And, I, and I'm sure that as we get closer to the February 9th trade deadline, our tourists and, and Mark Eversley have to really analyze what's best for this team, not only for the rest of the season, but going forward. Because they've got contract decisions to make, and it all kind of ties together. I mean, they're a team that's over the cap. Uh, they don't have any draft picks. Uh, the, you know, the situation is not very bright right now. Mark Shanowski is my guest. He and Stacey King are the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. We're talking Bulls here on The Score. The Bulls will play the Magic here tonight. Uh, you'll hear it on The Score. Chuck's pregame at 545 and tip off top of the hour at 6. So when they go, here they go, they're 0-2 on a trip when everybody thought this this is this is a chance. Maybe they get out of the play-in situation. Maybe they actually get into an, a real playoff spot, and then they, they pull this stuff. And the Magic played last night. The, the, the Heat beat them. And you look at it, I want to believe the Bulls can win this game. 
And then I think, well, even if they do, what does that tell me about them? What would it tell you about them if they beat the Magic? Well, really nothing. I mean, right now what you mentioned was the scenario where they had a three-game winning streak going into Indiana. If they would have been able to hang out to big leads in those games, they'd have a five-game winning streak going into Orlando. They'd be 500 on the year and have a chance to go a game over tonight. So they've really let that opportunity slip through their grasp. And other teams are starting to play better in that uh, six through nine scenario. Uh, Miami is on a winning streak. Uh, They're now, I believe, five games over 500 for the first time this year. The Knicks are playing better. They beat Boston the other night. Uh, you know, right now, I, I think getting to six is kind of a pipe dream. I think right now they're they're looking at the play-in tournament. And obviously, if you're nine or ten, you've got to win two games to get into the playoff field. It's not a bright picture. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any obvious solutions with the roster as currently constructed. I don't know whether AK is going to go out and try to add to this mix uh, before February 9th. But, the, the you know, the biggest issue right now, Steve, is they can't – they don't make three-point shots. And the NBA is now a three-point driven league. And they're last in the NBA in, a, in attempts. They're 28th out of 30 teams in makes. And every night, that's something that hurts them. I believe they were 0 for 10 on, from threes on the second half against Charlotte. And you cannot win consistently in today's NBA if you can't make three-point shots. And their best player, DeRozan, is the guy who assiduously avoids that. Right. Not just that's that not he doesn't make them. He, he goes out of his way not right. to take them. And he is well, their best – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say their, their offense is basically turned inside out because their best post player is DeMar DeRozan at 6'6", and their best three-point shooter among the starters right now is probably Nikola Vucevic at seven feet. So you've got Vucevic and Pat, Patrick Williams along the three-point line jacking up threes, and you've got nobody underneath for offensive rebounds. So, the you know, the, the offense right now has to – when DeRozan isn't making his shots and getting to the free throw line, when Zach isn't getting to the basket and, and scoring near the rim, you know, all of a sudden they have trouble scoring points. Uh, Zach kind of let it slip a couple of weeks ago that he's playing with a torn ligament on his shooting hand. And ever since that injury, his three point shot has disappeared. He's something like four for 37 or something like that. So, you know, he, he was their best three point shooter, but now he's playing with a damaged hand and he has not been effective. So it's, it's a mess on all fronts. They have to get high percentages on their two-point shots and play good defense to win. And unfortunately, when the offense doesn't go, the defense tends to suffer as well. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. If they're not clicking on the offensive end, the whole thing kind of falls apart. Does anybody on this roster now bring back a first-round draft pick that the Bulls so desperately need and they went, went away in the Vooch trade? Yeah, I think if they wanted to trade Alex Caruso, they could get a first-round pick for him. Alex Caruso, even though he only averages like five-and-a-half points a game, is highly valued around the NBA. Steve Kerr over at Golden State would love to have Alex Caruso. The TV cameras caught them in an embrace after a recent game, and I'm sure Steve was saying, we'd love to get you on this team. Maybe we can do something before February 9th. Um, You know, Golden State is a team that has a bunch of shooters but doesn't have a lot of gritty, tough guys, and Caruso would fit perfectly with that mix. Um, I think he could get your first-round pick back. They may try to move Andre Drummond, but that would only be probably for a second-round pick. Um, you know, I don't think that AK is of the mind to trade any of the big three, with the possible exception of Vucevic, because Vucevic is a free agent at the end of the year. They have to know at this point what the price tag would be to re-sign him to an extension. You know, he, he has 
years left in the NBA. He's only like 32 years old, but are the Bulls committed to paying him in excess of $20 million a year when they've seen that the ceiling for this team is probably, you know, first or, or under ideal circumstances making it to the second round of the playoffs? I think that Caruso would make a wonderful Heat or Nick as well. Yeah, he, he would Thibodeau fit in. Would love him. He yeah. would fit into that culture, and we certainly we know he would fit in with that Knicks coach. I don't know right. what's what sway they have and what interest uh, <clears throat> AK would have in making that deal in this conference. I could certainly understand the Golden State part of it, but if if he were to start dissembling the team that he assembled, I mean, only Zach Levine and Kobe White remain from the roster he inherited. What will that tell you about him? Will it tell you, will you think this guy knows how to react? He can see a dead end when he's when he's up against it? Or And would you trust him to then make the right moves out of that? Yeah, I mean, that's difficult to project based on what we've seen. I thought he did a really good job in getting them from, from a team that was loaded with young players to a team that had playoff prospects. I mean, he turned over the roster – and made some some really good moves. The Lonzo Ball thing looked fantastic. You know, they were near the top of the East when Ball got hurt last year in January. And, of course, unfortunately, he's never come back from that injury. And the DeRozan thing has been fantastic. You know, he's played some of his best basketball in his 13th and 14th years in the league, which is pretty remarkable. I think DeRozan, if you're going to trade any of the big three and hope to get a big haul in return, DeRozan would be your guy. I think that there would be any number of contenders that would be willing to give you multiple first-round picks and salary filler to, to add a player like DeRozan. Right now, I mentioned the draft pick situation. The Bulls don't have their own first-round draft pick this year. That's part of the Vucevic trade of a couple of years ago. And they do have the possibility of getting a first-round pick from Portland, but that's lottery protected. And I think the odds of Portland making the playoffs are, are slim and none, so they're probably not going to get that pick this year. Um, they owe San Antonio a pick in 25 from the DeRozan trade. So they just don't have a bunch of assets, and they've, they've traded away most of their second-rounders. So there's not, not a lot of draft capital that they can use in trade. They're going to have to pretty much go uh, trade players with hoping to get some first-round draft picks in return. And it's just a question of, does AK think that this team has, has reached a, its ceiling, that there's, there's no opportunity for it to uh, uh, finally achieve his vision for what it was going to be? And a lot of that really revolves on what they know about Lonzo Ball's situation. If they think that he can come back next year at close to 100%, uh, maybe they just try to make one more run with this group. You re-sign Booch in the summer, and, and you see what you can get. I just don't know where AK is leaning right now. My guest is Mark Schanowski. He and Stacey King host the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. And we're talking Bulls basketball here on The Score. The Bulls play the Magic tonight. Chuck's pregame shows at 545 the issue of leadership has been central and wondering, and as you heard coming into the segment, Will Purdue on the postgame show after the loss and Charlotte was questioning, it was, wasn't even, it wasn't questioning the leadership. He said, there's a void there. And I've often said, and we got spoiled here as basketball wise, your best player has to be your best leader. Your best leader has to be your best player. And, and your best practice player has to be your best leader. It all works like that. And that was Michael Jordan an impossible standard to to measure, to, to come to match in Chicago. However, you can still be the best player at, and, and you can show that work ethic and have that respect and your teammates will listen to you 
except that maybe the guy who, because Alex Caruso has something in every category, it seems like. Every, these the, the stat sheet always has some crooked numbers when it's Alex Caruso, but he hasn't scored 25 points a game. And when he says something, you can see Zach Levine say, you know, sit down, shut up. I get 25 points a game. I got $215 million. And if you're asking Zach Levine to be a leader, I don't know that he knows how to do that, but he acts like he should be the leader because and should be in the game, and we heard that, because of the money he makes. I don't know how you untangle that. Do you have thoughts on that, or maybe I'm making too much of it? Yeah, I don't think team chemistry or leadership is as much of an issue as what was pointed out in, in the clip that you ran. I, I feel like the players like genuinely like each other. I think they get along well. I, I don't think that Zach is an outspoken kind of leader. I think he's kind of a, I'm going to put my points up and, and, and my, do my talking on the basketball court. But DeMar DeRozan is a fantastic teammate. I mean, you know, he, we all heard the story of him driving down to Champaign during the season to be at Io's Jersey retirement ceremony in Champaign. Um, he sits next to uh, Dale and Terry on the plane and, and tries to help the rookie understand what life in the NBA is all about. And he's been supportive of, of basically everybody on the squad. Vucevic is, you know, kind of a quiet guy. Uh, I don't think he is a, is a vocal voice in that locker room, but, you know, he carries a lot of clout with being a, you know, a guy who's played in the league for a decade and has made a couple of all-star teams. I don't think that they're, they're, totally void of leadership. I think it's just a question of the roster construction. You know, they talked about adding three-point shooting in the offseason, and we're not able to do that. And, and I just go back to my original point that they just don't have a margin for error because their offense is so heavily constructed on shooting a high percentage of twos and getting to the free-throw line. And on the nights when that doesn't happen, then the offense kind of bogs down. I don't think the, the leadership or chemistry issue is as strong as some have stated. All right, last question, Mark. If you were Billy Donovan, if you were the coach of this team, and you're, whatever team chemistry is or isn't, and whatever your leaders are doing or not, this team is not regularly ready to start a game. I think the day of game preparation is all on the players. You get yourself ready, you come out, and you're ready to go. And I think that goes for all sports. Whatever happens pre- prior to that, that's the coach. The coaches need to put you in that position. If you're the coach of a team like the Bulls that does has no idea, isn't always ready, is plays days that confuse. They're they're either Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High or they're Wooderson from Days and Confused. If they're not ready to go, would you go full boiling? Do you yank all five starters? What would you do? <laughs> what would you do to get their attention? I'm tired of this. You guys need to be called out. I've given you more than half a season, and you're still pulling this crap. What would you do, Mark? Well, I think you've got to make some changes because, obviously, Billy's seen this whole scenario play out throughout the season. They have, they have slow starts in the first quarter, but I think the third quarter has been even more of an issue coming out of the locker room where they've really played poorly in third quarters and, and have either let leads get away or fallen further behind. I think that's become an even bigger issue as the season has gone along. I don't think that you want to get to the point where you're yanking all five starters. I don't think that really does a lot. It didn't do much for Boylan, obviously, when he was here. So that strategy might work in high school. I don't think that works in the NBA when these guys are making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So, no, I wouldn't go that far. But you can you can try to tweak the starting lineup. You know, a couple of months ago they tried putting Javante Green in there for Patrick Williams. You could try starting Dragic instead of Io, bringing Io off the bench. 
you know, those are just real small moves. As I mentioned, you've got three guys that are former All-Stars. If you want to try to bench one of them, you got to tread lightly because you remember when he sat Zach that one at the start at the end of one of the games. Yeah. Zach wasn't too happy about it, and you know you got to be careful when you've got guys making all that money that are that are locked to the team for a long time. You don't want to alienate yourself because even though Billy just got an extension this year, coaches can and often are removed when things go bad. Right, and then Steve Kerr can come in in a year, so I'm all in favor of that. <laughs> I think Steve Kerr is very happy in the Bay, winning all those championships with low stress. I think Steve is very happy out in San Francisco. No, don't say that. No, I don't want you to blow <laughs> up my idea. I want Steve Kerr back. Bring Opie back. Let's start the T-shirts and run that by your guy, Stacy on the Give Me the Hot Sauce hey, podcast. I, I'm all for that. Steve is one of the most delightful yeah. uh, athletes I've ever had the pleasure of working with, and, and having him back here as head coach would be a wonderful scenario. Okay. I'll, I'll get the T-shirts made up for all you. Right. Mark, Mark, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right, Steve. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Mark Shanowski of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King. You see him on ABC Channel 7 as well. We'll take a break. And when we come back, WB Club, boy, it's been two weeks. And and I've not visited with you Saturday Suckage Years and, and WB Club members. And so we have WB, we have a new member of the WB Club who's giving new meaning to the term dope merch. And... I got my toes painted purple and I had half of a oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that sent me on a trip. I still am not sure I recovered from. So we have WB club to deal with and top of the hour, Ozzy Gain will be here. He'll let Ozzy Gain will let you know what he thinks of Mike Clevenger and what he thinks of Eloy and Eloy thinking he played the outfield. And at the end of the in, in the also in the twelve o'clock hour, where would the job the bull, the Bears coaching job rank based on quarterback, organization, offensive line, receivers, if it were open the way other jobs are open? We'll talk to a man who wrote about that and ranked them, and we'll do that in the next hour. But coming up next, dope merch. It's got a whole different idea. WB Club. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck! It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. That is Miss Margot Price singing Been to the Mountain. She's on the album cover, the lyrics, the album cover strays, the lyric, Into the Mountain, she's wearing a mushroom jumpsuit. She has a new line of pot, Miss Margot Price does. She teamed up with the Dadgrass people to create a new line called Momgrass. Dropped this week. Strays is the joint project featuring pre-roll CB CBG joints tins of flour and it it um, times with her new album her new release her new music and you can get what is it's such an easy joke dope merch because you can get tie-dyed shirts and you can get hats that say Margot grass on it and mom grass and 
that's what Miss Margot Price is doing. She's never, she's always been a fan of the sticky icky. She, the WB Club, the Wake and Bake Club, welcomes Miss Margot Price, and she's she's got her own line of mom grass. If you recall, last year, Dad Grass celebrated the George Harrison collection with all things must pass called all things must grass. That was the dad grass. The George Harrison estate released all things must grass collection. And he joined the crowd. He joined the WB club and they're low doses of stuff. It's not, you're not going to get snoop high on it, but you can get it delivered safely through the mail because it's not that illegal. So anyways, there, Miss Margot Price, we thank you very much for, for joining us and in on the WB Club. <laughs> we love how that's working out, how it happens here on The Score. Speaking of The Score, broadcast day goes on at the top of the hour. Ozzie Gian, who was on with Molly and Haw, talking about Eloy, Clevenger, the White Sox, there's no fan fest, but you know what? They probably just as well. They don't seem to care what their fans think, anyways. They maybe they want their fans to hate them. They certainly do enough things to create that. And there you go. We we you know in all that this, the beginning of the the show when I talked about how they just didn't do any background check on Clevenger the same way they didn't seem to do or care about a background check on Omar Vizquel. They seem to be, they want to act like the smartest guys in the room. And, a, well, if Manny Machado wants to earn that 10-year contract, then he just has to perform at the end of it. That's all we're asking him to do. Meanwhile, San Diego is saying, no, Manny, here's here's the money, 10 years, all guaranteed. You don't have to do anything except show up and sign. So, and the White Sox wonder why they, I mean, they just keep, they just keep, Angering their fans. If you're a White Sox fan, you have reason to hate this team. You well, like, have very it's frustrating little... too when you like think about what happened with Larusa and how he gets his DUI like days before being named that manager. You would think like from that point on, you would think PR standpoint, the White Sox be like, we don't want to have egg in our face again, and here they are again. Oh well, that was the chairman's guy, so it really doesn't matter what they get. And I don't yeah, know. I still true. don't know why Rick Hahn didn't quit. You that's were the, that's you were neutered. Question, huh? You were neutered by the chairman. He jammed this manager down your throat, and this manager would go on. Among other things, he would he would do worse than Ricky Renteria, and he would basically rub his own version of analytics in your face. He would take your analytics and and walk a guy with a one two count, and then claim analytics said that he would. And Rick Hahn didn't quit when he didn't get to choose his manager. And when you think about it, Tim Anderson's home run in the Field of Dreams game, like, that's the last good moment. Because every t- every good moment they had since then, oh, hey, look, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they were the first team to qualify for the playoffs, and they were the seventh-ranked team in the playoffs that one year. And then, oh, they're in the play. Oh, they won a game. That's it? That's what we do? Wait, what about this window? Oh, well, we have a manager who can't stay awake. He's being jammed down our throat. It just, I don't know why Rick Hahn was, why he didn't quit. Ozzie, 
Now, Ozzy is big on communication. Pedro Grafol is not big on communication. He says he is, but he's not. He hasn't communicated with Eloy Jimenez. Eloy, no glove needed. Don't pack it. Don't do anything with it. So Ozzy will be here at noon. We'll we'll bring you Ozzy from his interview with Molly and Haw, morning show, 530 to 10 on the score. At 12.20, Mike Sando, he covers the NFL for The Athletic, ranked the coaching openings, and he used it. Like, who's your who's your GM? What's your, what's your market? What's your offensive line? Who's your quarterback? What are your weapons? What's your defense like? So where would the Bears rank if they were open? Where would the Bears rank? And what do the Bears do? With draft choice. We'll talk to Mike Sando about that and the NFL. We will continue our broadcast day here on the score. DePaul basketball. DePaul Marquette, the blood war, the blood border war. I'll be in 1245 here on the score. Bulls and Magic, 545. That's Chuck's pregame show. Bulls have another chance to lose to another lousy team. Tomorrow. Big football day. Nanny Parkins' playoff show will be on from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And the NFL will be on the score starting at 2. Two terrific conference championship games. So at the first game, 2 o'clock, NFC championship game, 49ers at the Eagles. Broadcast team is Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Ross Tucker. You will hear that on the score 2 p.m. Eastern, that would be 1 p.m. our time. Is it 2 p.m. Eastern? Do we know that? Do we have that right, Sean? Or did you just suck in putting this thing together? Why do we have 2 p.m. Eastern time on this schedule that you printed up for me when we're in central time? I just figured I'd mess with you. No, it's <laughs> it's 1 p.m. here on the score, uh, and then I believe it's 5.30 afterwards. So whenever that first game concludes, that second game will fall behind. But it's the NFC title game first, 1.30, or excuse me, 1 o'clock here on the score, <laughs> and then 5.30 afterwards, Sean, hopefully. Putting the suck in Saturday suckage. And the Bengals and the Chiefs. And wouldn't it be great? I think I do think both road teams are going to win. I don't know what the parlay is on that. I think the road teams are going to win. Uh, the home teams have quarterback questions, quarterback health questions. But I love the idea of number one overall draft pick in the Super Bowl against Mr. Irrelevant. There's your starting quarterbacks. I love that for a storyline. Anyways, you'll hear that on the score. 1 o'clock tomorrow on the score, NFC Championship game. 5.30 on the score, thereabouts. The AFC Championship game broadcast team is Ian Eagle, Tony Baselli, and Laura Oakley. So after a break, we'll come back and you'll hear from Ozzie Gein. You'll want to hear from Ozzie Gein about what his fan-hating franchise did the last couple weeks. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.